Just like most episodes, this one contains strong language. Trigger warning. This episode might contain talk about suicide, CSA, rape, or racism. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the host and guests and in no way represent the state of Oklahoma, the Oklahoma Historical Society, or the Oklahoma State Historic Preservation Office. All right, welcome to Musings of an ADD Mind. This is Jack, and I have the ADD Mind. Joining me for today's episode is a very special guest. I think he's a pretty great fella, probably because I raised him to be a pretty great fella. My son, Duncan. Say hello, Duncan. Hello, Duncan. Thank you. I also raised him to do that. So, Duncan is going to join me as we talk about President Donald Trump, the Republicans, and the right-wing media that enables him, or enabled him. I initially was going to go solo and just talk about President Trump, but I decided that uh, Duncan needed to join me, and that you can't really talk about President Trump without talking about his enablers. Duncan, do you have any thoughts on on our former president? Uh, I do. I do, in fact. Uh, One thing that I find a very key quality to a president is being cordial and polite. I think to be in such a high position, you should have a good moral standing. And if you're catching what I'm implying here, Donald Trump does not. Donald Trump cares about Donald Trump. You know, it's weird that you said that. I never noticed that about him. Oh, no, wait a minute. That's the first thing I noticed. Yeah, right? So when Donald Trump first announced he was running, what was it, early 2016, I guess, my my thoughts were kind of like, are you kidding me? Donald Trump was always, A, until roughly about 2000, a Democrat. And then after we went to war in Iraq, he ticked off most sort of conservatives at the time because he was one of the people complaining about the Iraq war and that we shouldn't have gone there. That's an argument for a different day if we should have or not. But at the time, he irritated you know, the conservative media because of that viewpoint. And then he kind of went away for a while. And I guess somewhere between 2005 and 2008, he became a Republican. And then the Hillary Clinton campaign started uh, the whole birth certificate stuff with uh, President Barack Obama. And then I guess it was somewhere around 2010 that Donald Trump not only jumped on that train, he went to the engine, threw the engineer out, and took over driving that sucker. And then all of a sudden, he became the darling of the the right-wing media and conservatives. But even still, when he announced that he was running, I thought, oh, this is going to this is going to peter out relatively quick. There are so many other candidates on the Republican side that were, you know, better. And much to my shock, primary after primary, he started winning them. And I thought, holy crap. Um, now, Duncan was, spoiler alert, in high school for some of that. Uh, yeah. But what were, what were the thoughts going on of the people... People, your classmates um, at the time um, concerning Donald Trump, did they, did you talk about it? Did they like him? Did they think he was a joke? What was sort of the viewpoint of the people that um, you were in school with? So um, considering where we were geographically, uh, there was a large portion of the, you know, my fellow students uh, that, you know, listened more so to what their parents said and didn't question, um, which led them to be very, very conservative. Um, so 
honestly, for the most part, people liked him. Uh, there was for the there, there was a large portion, me included, that thought it was a joke. And you know, I honestly still can't believe it wasn't. Well, I I always kind of had the theory that he was really running, hoping that he could come in second or third, that he didn't actually want to be president. He was running because he thought that it would increase the value of all of the various Trump businesses. I think you have a valid point. And I almost think that he was as surprised that he was winning as like you and I were. And if you kind of, I don't know if you, you probably weren't paying enough attention, but there was literally like a period of time where it was sort of just him and Hillary, where it just didn't seem like he was really putting a full effort into running. And no. then there was like a period where it, like it occurred to him that, holy shit, I could win this thing. And then he put a bigger effort into it, and obviously he won. So well, I, mean, I yeah, go ahead. Works. Go ahead, Duncan. Well, the more money you put in, the more likely it is that you will win. So, And I guess if you're an asshole, you'll also probably win. You do need to be a certain, have an asshole quality about you to run for office. You, yeah. To run for any office, you have to be somewhat of a narcissist. And the higher up the office is, the more... You really almost have to have that because you have to have a very, very, very strong opinion of yourself to think, you know what? This country is messed up and I'm the only guy that can fix it. That's fair. I think you also have to have a pretty hefty level of crazy. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to necessarily argue with you on that. <laughs> so, you know, of course, he... During that election with Hillary, a lot of people forget that he also started priming his supporters with the notion that if he lost, it would have been because there was cheating. Because he yes. was saying that the only way Hillary could win would be if she cheated. Which, of course, because he put in the work in 2016, in 2020, when he started doing that again, you know, that was already, you know, in the minds of people that supported him. And that is very very true. That's a good point. Yeah. And, you know, the one thing that I, you know, there are people that like political candidates. Obviously, you wouldn't go and campaign for them, stuff like that. There's always people that get on the ground floor with a person. The, the weird thing about President Trump was the way that people, they didn't just like, oh, well, I like them. It was like a strong devotion. I cannot recall in my lifetime where people would have flags of, you know, the president or the person that they were supporting and then keep them up during the entire, you know, term of their presidency. It's one thing if you put a bumper sticker on your car, because once you make that commitment, that's a long-term commitment with the bumper sticker. Yeah. Note to people listening, if you do get the bumper sticker, tape it to your window. So I've seen that, but the this devotion to, you know, to Trump is really, really weird. I mean, it's like cult it, It's bizarre. Yeah, yeah, like and he has a following that are like zealots. Yeah, and during the um, election in 2016, um, I don't even know if you remember this or if you heard it, but um, I'm going to play this little short clip for you. It's about 15 seconds, and he made this at a campaign rally. So uh, here, give this a listen. The people, my people are so smart. And you know what else they say about my people? The polls. They say, I have the most loyal people. Did you ever see that? where I could stand in the middle of Fifth Avenue and shoot somebody, and I wouldn't lose any voters, okay? It's, like, incredible. The, the amazing thing is, is that turned out to be true, and that the audience laughed. They laughed, which yeah. I personally find despicable. 
yeah, that that was odd. And yeah. there were other things <laughs> during that campaign that also turned me off to Donald Trump. No, uh, full disclosure though. Room talk. Full disclosure, I need to say this in the 2016 election, I was a registered Republican and Donald Trump was I was so sort of not on that train that I left party because of him. At the time I thought this dude is going to destroy the Republican Party. And I tend to think that's what happened. But anyway, the other thing he did during 2016, he did this at a couple of campaign rallies, is he would have people raise their right hand and say a loyalty of Trump. That set off some alarm bells Mm. for me because, generally speaking, politicians in America don't do that. Um, Yeah, I'd say that's a bit of a no-no. Yeah. Um, As I mentioned in... um, Another, the other podcast that I, the first one, I took, I've taken two oaths in my life. One was when I joined the military. Now, I said that same oath about 400 million times because every time you sneeze, you have to say the oath practically. And then two, (laughs) when I got married and I said my wedding vows um, to my wife, which is essentially an oath, and that's it. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to say an oath of loyalty to anyone else because you're not getting my loyalty. And I know it's the, uh, the same, I, the same thing for you, because obviously, full disclosure, Duncan was in the military also. So you have that said that oath as well. I sure have. And I don't know. I found that disturbing. And as soon as there was that loyalty oath thing, it, it was a big no for me. Um, yeah, it is a big no. An oath is kind of a really big deal. Yeah. And then he got called on it by the media. And of course, he, his response was, well, I was just sort of doing that to be funny. Yeah, yeah. Sure you were. It was just locker room talk. Yeah, and that was another thing that I wasn't too fond of. I can't remember when it was. I believe it was in the early 2000s. And um, Trump used to be a frequent guest on the Howard Stern show. And he literally said something along the lines of, um, because Howard said, you know, your daughter Ivanka's kind of hot. Trump's like, yeah. And he said, you know, if if she wasn't my daughter, type of girl I'd date, I'd date her. And I'm like, what? Uh, <laughs> that's uh, that's creepy. <laughs> that's not okay. Yeah, no. And I remembered that as well. And at the time, it also amazed me that all of the things that people hated about Bill Clinton, not all of the things, but, you know, he cheated on his wife you know there yeah was, he was kind of a scourge for that yeah and you know so it was a problem when clinton was cheating on his wife but it's not a problem that trump did it and everyone knew about it you know well and, you see the thing is bill clinton didn't shave vince mcmahon's head you know what you're right i you know, i've been wrong about him yeah so that you know that was just sort of the beginning and then during his presidency, the way he went through cabinet members was just amazing. For for somebody that demands complete loyalty from people, he does not give loyalty in return. No. And there was always this cycle of, well, first of all, let me keep interrupting myself. During the campaign, he was like, I'm a good judge of people. If I, if I pick somebody for a position, you know that because I'm a good judge of character, I'm a good judge of people, and they're perfect for that job. So then when he was president, he'd have a cabinet member. And the person, you know, who was great and he showered with applause 
Well, as soon as they didn't want to do something that he wanted them to do, all of a sudden there'd start being these tweets about how this person was a moron or an idiot. Well, and then he would, you know, end up firing them. And there were there were several people: the Jeff Sessions, the first Attorney General, General Mattis. You know, General Mattis was the greatest general that ever lived since Patton. But then he didn't want to do something that Trump wanted, and all of a sudden it was, I know why Barack Obama fired you. You're an idiot. Well, which is it? Are you a great judge of character, or do you suck? Because clearly people can pull the wool over your eyes during the first job interview. Am I right? Yeah. You know, so there was the whole, you know, that bit of, I don't know. I just feel like if you're going to demand loyalty, you should probably be a little bit loyal back. I also, like, just the amount of drama. How can a president produce that much drama? Yeah, with, like, what are essentially co-workers. Yeah, you're the boss, but it was still essentially co-workers. It it had to be nerve-wracking working in the West Wing. Uh, I can't imagine. And then, of course, although I will say, he did make one good hire, which at the time I thought was a ridiculous and idiotic hire. And that was hiring... Jim Bridenstine as the director of NASA. When that was announced, I was like, what? And I'm from Oklahoma, and that's where Bridenstine was from. So we know a little more about him here. And I was just like, ah, I don't know. That seems like a horrible hire. But he turned out to be one of the better directors at NASA in probably the last 40 years, which was shocking to me. That's so, fair. yeah, I mean, what Duncan, like myself, is a fan of. Um, the space field and so what are your your thoughts on that um well i can't say that i know too much about this specific area but personally i think nasa deserves exponentially more funding and so if you get a person that's motivated and you said he was doing a good job well i am inclined to believe you yeah he um there were several of the sort of you know public private things that could have been changed when he took over and he he embraced him, continued him. If he didn't know something, he'd go and learn about it. And so there might be an interview, like, say, in March. And, he, well, I don't know about that. And then if you saw the interview with him in May, he knew about it because he went and researched it. And I thought that was that was applaudable. Yeah, I think that says a lot about a man. Yeah. So I guess we need to kind of jump to the 2020 campaign where he was, you know, going against... Joe Biden. And of course, this was probably one of the strangest campaigns in American history, at least modern American history, because there were lockdowns and you couldn't really have rallies and everything. So it was hard to judge based on crowd size, you know, who was drawing more people. But and Joe Biden would have rallies and he didn't want it to be a super spreader event. And President Trump didn't didn't care. And um, it well, it killed Herman Cain. But so, you know, it was hard to judge based on rally rallies, the support, you know, that people had because it was just an odd time because of lockdowns and COVID and, you know, separation and everything. Um, now, this time, though, Duncan, obviously, because you are older and, you know, are an adult. What were your um, sort of takes on it as you watched the um, 2020 election? So. I think in a debate, it's important that there is no bickering. I want to see a leader, and I want to see them speak. I want to hear their points. I really dislike whenever there's interruptions. I think that's incredibly impolite. You're having a debate. You're not having an argument. 
let the other person talk. Correct. Um, so for both sides, I was a little disappointed. Um, however, if we're going to judge by, you know, what I said earlier, if a pre- I think a president should have a good moral standing, um, there, there was a clear choice, even if I don't like all his opinions. Um, but I think it was a better choice. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm a little disappointed in overall, uh, Whenever I was young, I was excited to be able to vote, and now it just seems like I'm choosing between two idiots. You're choosing between a shit sandwich and a shit sandwich? Yeah. Which pile of shit do I want? Right. Um, but yeah, I don't like having to choose between a shit, which version of shit do I want to eat. I think it's a little disappointing to see that out of our leaders i think it's really disappointing to see a debate where they're both interrupting each other to the point where the moderator is just laughing right (laughs) you know (laughs) it's it's not how it works yeah and then of course you know as i mentioned earlier during the whole campaign he was setting up this notion that the only way he could lose would be if there were cheating that took place and of course when it happened you know there was there was obviously cheating that took place but it's weird that the cheating only took place in states that he lost what's also really weird is when publicized a lot of those cheaters that actually you know Voted more than once. Voted for Trump. Yeah, I I saw that, but you can't trust that because that's clearly fake news. And, of course, you know, the things like they said that happened in Arizona and Pennsylvania and Michigan, were you know, and that's why the votes were fraudulent, also happened in Texas and Florida. So it happened in states that he won as well. But the difference is he didn't win that state. And, you know, Duncan is, he's sort of an in-between. Some, in some regards, they say that based on his, the year that he was born, he's a millennial. And then in others, he's a Gen Z. So he's a zennial. That's right. And um, the thing that is completely missed by a lot of people well, not just one thing, several things, is that to Gen Z, which is, you know, the first-time voter during that election, something like 85% of Gen Z did not like Trump. So that, in you know, first-time voters came out and voted pretty heavily in this election. And then um, the African-American community also did not vote for Trump. In fact, they voted in higher numbers for Joe Biden in the first election of Barack Obama. And, you know, that makes a, you know, a difference in outcome because that's part of, the reason I'm saying that is because also in the specific states, sort of those, you know, Arizona, Georgia, Michigan, the, the problem where they say the cheating took place all happened to be in districts that are, a majority African American. So that's why I'm saying that, you know, there was a higher percentage of voting because it was ultimately, you know, it's hard to argue that that's not, you know, racist, <laughs> a racist statement. 
when those are the counties specifically that you say cheating took place, you know, yeah. the cheating did not take place in, you know, whatever Dallas, Texas, you know, the wealthy suburb of Dallas is, you know, but it sure did in this other location. And that's, there's a reason for that. And it's, that reason is racism. <sighs> you know, yeah. That, yeah. That's, that's something great that you want to hear about, you know, the guy running the country, right? Yeah. And so it was primed, you know, this whole notion of I lost and, you know, you it, it, because it was stolen from me and there was cheating. Well, no, there are a lot of people that don't and still do not like President Trump. A lot of people that are, you know, like I said, that first time voter, they they did not like Trump. And when you factor in all of that, that's why you lost. It was he never had more than fifty percent approval ratings in his entire four years. So why is it so strange to think that, you know, when you, all you need then is a two point shift that you're going to lose? He didn't win the popular vote in the first when he won. Yeah, it's it's crazy how many people actually don't like assholes. Yeah, and then um, you know, running their country, making a mockery of their country. Yeah, I was. I was talking with a coworker, and, you know, there's always sort of like this nostalgia people have for when you were kind of a, like a, you know, a teenager or a young teenager or even a young kid. Yeah. So you always look back at that time as being a great time because generally speaking, you have no cares. You know, that's when all your friends are. You're having all fun. You're not working. And so you look back on that with fondness. And for the, the baby boomer when they're talking about make America great again and we need to make things how it used to be, that's generally talking about the 50s. Uh, well, the yes. 50s was a great time if you were white. I was about to say that. <laughs> if if you were anything but white, it generally wasn't great, you know. So when, as an African-American thinking about, let's, you know, bring America to how it was in the 50s, that's a horrible thought. Yeah. Because all of a sudden you're talking Jim Crow, you know, <laughs> separate restaurants and stuff like that, white-only fountains. And when so when you're talking about that, there's a whole large portion of America that, that is not a great time. Yeah. Also, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll just continue. I, I'm not going to get off on a tangent here. Yeah, we, we need to focus because we do need to talk about how the whole um, flaming you know, that it was stolen and everything and not quitting and all of the lawsuits, which kept being, you know, thrown out of court because there wasn't evidence, led to January 6th. Yes. Which was a particularly horrible day for our country. And I, even though I since then, grim. Republicans and right-wing media have been trying to gaslight the rest of the country. It was, in fact, a horrible day for America. They were not there to pass out Girl Scout cookies and tea and crumpets. They were there to stop the certification of the election results. Trump fired them up beforehand. Mo Brooks fired them up beforehand. Which, by the way, 
Representative Brooks knew that bad crap was going to happen because he admitted later on that he was wearing a bulletproof vest while he was on stage. Oh, wow. Yeah, so clearly he knew <laughs> that that was not a day of, you know, you know, having fun. That was a day with ill intent. And, of course, when people show up to, you know, the Capitol and then they build a gallows and then they're screaming, hang Mike Pence, hang Mike Pence, and hang Nancy Pelosi, that's not people that are there for touristy reasons. Wait, are you telling me they weren't there to smoke and joke? No, they weren't. Huh. Yeah. Um, and they've been gaslighting us. Well, they, I'm talking, you know, people on Fox. And Newsmax, and what is it, the One News America or One American News, OAN, yeah, I think it's One American News, um, they, of course, you know, haven't shown any of that footage, they've just shown, you know, like, footage where, oh, hey, yeah, look, we're just having fun, well, you know, with editing, you can get rid of stuff. So, what what you're telling me is if a person shows up armed onto federal property and breaks into said federal property, they're not doing that to have fun. That's what I'm saying. Wow. Yeah, if they're beating the crap out of cops with flagpoles, ironically enough, some of those flagpoles had the Blue Lives um, flag on it. You know, the Blue Lives Matter fly, the thin blue well, line the where it's the American is, flag that has the blue line going through it. Ironically see, enough, is, people beat the shit out of cops with that flag. Those cops didn't matter. Their lives didn't matter because they were in the way. Right. That's true. But anyway, you know, they broke in and all of that. And so I want to play, I have a few clips of Representative Andrew Clyde of Georgia. So, Duncan, if you had to guess if he were a Republican or a Democrat, what would your guess be? Based upon not hearing this clip, what would your guess be? So, him being Georgia, I'm going to lean towards Republican. Okay. I'm going to play this clip. And it's two clips. Um, and then after I play him, I'll, I'll set up, tell you a little bit of his, his gaslighting. Because his, his gaslighting is like abusive spouse level gas, gaslighting. So. Oh, wow. He's reached a, a pretty high echelon. Yeah. Here you go. Let's be honest with the American people. It was not an insurrection, and we cannot call it that and be truthful. As one of the members who stayed in the Capitol and on the House floor, who, with other Republican colleagues, helped barricade the door until almost 3 p.m. that day from the mob who tried to enter. So I edited. There is a little bit in between where he talks about um, how he barricaded the door. It. But it's not an insurrection. Why would he barricade the door? Right. So he went and gave the definition of an insurrection from um, two different dictionaries. And his point is, is because they did not breach the Capitol. And he does in his thing, it's a full minute is like six minutes or something like that. Use the term breach himself. But because they did not go in there with guns with the intent of killing all of the lawmakers. It was not an insurrection. It did not fit the definition of an insurrection. Oh, I'm sorry. They were only going to kill some of the politicians. And he also goes on to state that, you know, they did not have, the police on that day did not arrest anybody with guns. 
the police were just busy trying to keep people alive that day. They couldn't really make a whole lot of arrests because they really needed the help of the National Guard. Yeah. So I'm going to play this other clip from him. And, um, well, here you go. Watching the TV footage of those who entered the Capitol and walked through Statuary Hall showed people in an orderly fashion staying between the stanchions and ropes taking videos and pictures. You know, if you didn't know the TV footage was a video from January the 6th, you would actually think it was a normal tourist visit. So, does he normally have to barricade the door to the house chamber for tourists? Is that like an everyday thing that takes place there and I just don't know it? (laughs) I didn't realize tourists broke windows whenever they were trying to get in there for a tour. Yeah, and no wonder the budget's so high. He called them a mob. Was it a touristy mob? You know, were were they mobbing to get to the gift shop because they wanted to get some coffee mugs? I do know that some people did take souvenirs. Yeah, they did. And that they did not pay for those souvenirs, and some of them are going to be going to jail for that. Well, they did pay for them, just well, in a way true. they didn't expect. I guess I guess they claim they paid taxes, and they were act, that was actually their. Story. Oh no, I mean they're going to prison. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, they they are paying. So, you know that is, you want to talk about trying to gaslight people. That's gaslighting people to, you know, to claim that, you know, and to say, well, that's, that wasn't an insurrection. It was just a mob and some angry rioters and then just some other people that were just walking through the Capitol building. They they just beat the shit out of a couple cops. Yeah, you know, there were only 140 injuries plus by police. Um, several of them, you know, had to go to the hospital. One guy had some brain injuries. One guy, you know, had a heart attack. You know, but other than that, you know, nothing happened. And then, of course, because he has to continue the gaslighting, he um, then goes on to say that, you know, the only gunshot was, in fact, from the police. But then at the end, the last clip, you know, obviously I edited and didn't play the full six minutes of it. These are just the highlights. But he basically ends it with, on this particular, you know, with the clip that I have, that it's okay what happened because after Trump got elected, the Democrats and then the media that's not right-wing media, the other media, what they call the mainstream media, spent two years investigating Trump because of, you know, the Russian collusion and all of that. I'm not going to get into the discussion or an argument on that. That would be a show all on its own. So because they went into that, um, they did that. That these people that attacked on, or that did that on January 6th, it was fine because of that. So let's just get this little gaslighting going here. Also, the only shot fired on January the 6th was from a Capitol Police officer who killed an unarmed protester, Ashley Babbitt, in what will probably be eventually be determined to be a needless display of lethal force. Democrats were on the news almost every night saying the evidence is there, and the mainstream media amplified the fake news. 
This was indeed a very coordinated and well-funded effort by a determined group of people to overthrow our duly elected president, Donald J. Trump. So he talks about how it will be found to be basically undue use of force. Well, today, the day that I am recording this, the report came out and he was not found to have used unnecessary force. The officer that shot her was found to have been perfectly justified in the actions that he took. And I'm going to go ahead and say this. Ashley Babbitt would be alive today if she would have stayed in San Diego and not been there on January 6th. So, you know, there was a whole bunch of, you know, tweets by President Trump come on January 6th and you know, conservative media and various types like that, and people showed up. And were there people that went because they thought they were going to, like, a rally or whatever? Yes. Were there people that did not go inside the Capitol? Yes. But at what point, when you're at a rally and you hear people start talking about hanging the vice president, do you think, I don't want to be a part of this crowd, and you leave? You know, I think on principle that's pretty un-American. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, there's that. And then because, well, it's okay because the Democrats in the media were investigating Trump for two years because of the Russia collusion. Well, that's a case of whataboutism. Well, because they did that. That means this is okay. And he also goes on and, you know, the whole last year and, you know, in 2020 when there were um, Black Lives Matter protests and stuff like that. There were riots that broke out and, you know, buildings that were destroyed and set on fire and looted. And that was wrong. Yes. However, breaking into the Capitol to get Congress to stop doing their duty so that somebody who didn't win an election can remain president, which, by the way, wasn't, you know, that's a whole other argument, is worse. So, So, (laughs) you know. Here's something that I've I've thought about quite a bit, right? So I'm a snowflake, right? Mm-hmm. Because I don't like it whenever people are assholes unnecessarily or judge people based on, you know, their race or whatever, sexual orientation. I don't like it whenever people do that. I think that's kind of a dick thing to do. Um, I'm a snowflake. I, yeah. I'm too sensitive because I don't think that's fun. I don't think that's funny. Um, But whenever a president loses and you get so riled up, you storm the Capitol. Am I the snowflake? Do you want an honest answer? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, no, I, I see your point. And, you know, that was something that really was bad. And the whole getting mad at Pence because he wouldn't just throw out the you know, the election results as they were certifying them. I'm just going to go ahead and say this right now. Right now. Do you think that if the vice president had that power that say, oh, I don't know, in 2000 when Al Gore and George Bush was almost, however, I don't, once again, I'm not going to get into the discussion of did Bush still it, did Bush not still it, whatever, that's, But Al Gore was the vice president doing the exact same thing that Mike Pence was doing on January 6th. So if the vice president could just throw out results and say, oh, we're going to vote again, 
in these states, do you not think that Al Gore would have maybe have been like, you know what? Fucking Florida was fucked up and I'm throwing this out. I am not certifying it. They got to revote. Think maybe yeah. he might have done that? But, oh, he didn't. Oh, that's why. Right? Because that's not something that the vice president can do. And for a bunch of people that claim that they love the, the Constitution and the rule of law, they certainly know very little about either. Yeah. So, there's, you know, that. And then, of course, well, since the election, you know, Trump really won. And there's one guy, above all others, I don't know if he's actually put a lot of money into it like he claims, but he did recently have a symposium where he was going to put out all of his evidence. And that would be the my pillow fucker guy, Mike Lindell. This dude just can't, <laughs> he can't get out of his own way. Of course, his symposium showed no evidence because they're supposed to be, you know, these what they call packets or whatever of data that was sent. And you're just looking at these weird numbers and it's like, what the hell does that mean? And then, of course, literally last week he was being interviewed and he said something along the lines of, well, I didn't really, I didn't really show the real evidence. I just showed some of the evidence because now the leftists are going to try to kill me because of this. And so I have to keep the real evidence hidden. And then if something happens to me, then it will be released. Or I don't know, just release it. Right. So basically the symposium was really just the great value version of the evidence of voter fraud. It was not the, you know, green giant version. It was the great value version of that. And I guess he's holding the, the actual real name brand evidence for a later <laughs> date. Also, why would he have it? Yeah. You know? Yeah, the Justice Department and the FBI, they looked into it. They couldn't find any evidence. But, you know, some dude that sells fucking pillows, which I guess are comfortable, he's got it. You know, he's got a team that could do what Justice Department couldn't. And that's sort of also going back to the loyalty thing. There was nobody, nobody in the Trump administration that was a hand puppet for Donald Trump more than the Attorney General Bill Barr. <laughs> that man would do anything for Trump, except for apparently lie and make up information that an election was stolen. That was that was Barr's lie. <laughs> and then, of course, you know, there's been the evidence that Trump was trying to strong arm the acting attorney general and people in the various states. They needed to find stuff. But anyway, I digress. That's all. It's all incredibly frustrating. and. We've we've actually talked a little longer about this than we had intended beforehand. So I'm You're listening to the musings of an ADD Mind podcast. But you know, it's just it's it's just mind boggling. <laughs> it the last truly five years. is. Just when you think that things aren't going to get any crazier, it gets crazier. The Republican Party, they are all beholden to Donald Trump. They all kiss his ring. There are a few people that don't, but for the most part, they kiss his ring, and they all want to have audience with President Trump. 
and you know they're willing to gaslight the American people and claim that certain things either happened or did not happen when in fact they know that the truth and they're gaslighting you know for you know for Donald Trump and you know there's a whole portion of the media that is also an enabler of Trump Fox News like I said earlier OAN Newsmax and then all of these sort of patriot guys in their dining room table newscasts and stuff on YouTube they're also part of it a lot of them are Qtubers uh, and yes they um they definitely are enabling President Trump and they still are enabling him even now when he's not in office so one thing I just I can't wrap my head around He's a president. He was a president. Yes. And before that, he was a shitty businessman that just fucked people over and got money that way. Right. What? What is it about him? Is it his? Is it his comb over? Do they like whenever the wind hits it? So I actually, I have a theory on that, Duncan. For. Many, many years, people that are conservatives and Republicans have felt that what they call the mainstream media, which is not Fox and everything to the right of Fox, yeah, is made up entirely of liberals and Democrats, which, I mean, to be fair, is probably true. And so when talk radio started, it was all of a sudden like this alternative to having to listen to NBC, ABC, CBS, CNN, and just getting that viewpoint. Because people forget that Rush Limbaugh started before Fox News. Rush Limbaugh may have been the guy that even coined the phrase mainstream media. And that led to this whole notion of you can't trust these particular people. And to be fair, during the Clinton presidency, they were not honest reporters of some of what was going on with the Clinton presidency. Yeah. Um, things that had a, had a Republican done, they would have been all over. And I'm sorry. Yes, people can cheat on spouses, and presidents have done that in the past. Um, I mean, when FDR died, his wife wasn't with him. His mistress was. And sort of the media knew that, and they just sort of winked and let stuff go with other presidents. And my main problem with Clinton was it wasn't just that there was, like, one person that made claims that he sexually assaulted him. It was many. And then when it came out what happened with Monica Lewinsky, if he would have just had an affair with her, that would have been fine. Except for the fact that you're the president, she's an intern, and there's that imbalance of power. Because while she was, and she has said that she was flattered that the president of the United States, the leader of the free world, found her attractive and was interested in her. It's the imbalance of power that's the problem here. Because as the president, yeah, you do not, you know, do that with somebody that's 22, 23 years old because of the imbalance of power. I mean, that's one of the things that the whole me too movement that is put out there's an imbalance of power and that's part of the problem 
And it was part of the problem then. In the media at the time, their thing was, well, what happens, you know, under the sheets, or in this case, under the desk, you know, that's between him, Hillary, and Monica Lewinsky. Yes and no. And, you know, because of that, and then they dismissed all of the claims of, you know, people that he had sexually assaulted him, them, that led to the whole sort of conservatives and Republicans not trusting the media. And then in the 2004 election, Dan Rather and CBS News flat out made up some crap about George W. Bush when he was in the National Guard, and then they got busted on it. So right there, you're feeding into this notion. See, you can't trust them. And then when yeah. President Obama got elected, there were some things that happened that should have been made a bigger deal by um, the mainstream media um, that they just never reported on. For example, they had the ATF sell guns to Mexican drug cartels, which then in turn killed American law enforcement with those guns that were given to them by the ATF. That's kind of a big deal and should have probably been reported on more than just by you know, Fox News at the time, because at the time there was just Fox News. So that led to this notion that, and then a bunch of other crap, obviously, but it led to the notion that the mainstream media is, they're in on it. They hate Republicans. You know, they're evil, because in in the talk radio world, a lot of people that have those shows are Christians, and so they use a lot of us against them, and then Christians, because you're you're raised to think that there is this never-ending battle between good and evil. And so there's also an us against them. And they sort of merged into this, we're the good guys because we love Jesus and we love God. And they're evil because, you know, they they don't love Jesus. And they don't love God. And they want, you know, LG. I always get untied with that. LGBQT. LGBT plus. Thank you. Um, that my brain can't say all of that for some reason. Please forgive me. Want equality, good. and so because of that, you know they're obviously demon possessed Satan worshippers, and they're all evil. So because there was this notion that the media was evil, when Donald Trump started running, he was the first Republican in memory that when the media would come at him and ask questions that were sort of rude or whatever. He just was rude right back to him and gave it back, you know, gave it right back. And he didn't take, you know, sort of take it. And one, the media didn't know how to handle somebody that clapped back immediately. And yeah. so many people were primed to this notion that the idea that there was finally a Republican candidate that would that would immediately clap back because that was always the complaint on talk radio is you would get these Republican candidates for any position and, you know, the media would come at them rude or whatever and they just took it. They just took it. They just took it. We want somebody to fight back. And Donald Trump fought back. And that is what I think initially read, led to his popularity. And then it just sort of went from there. I think I can agree with you on that. Um, knowing sort of, uh, the history beyond that, that, you know, I, I didn't really pay attention to at the time. Well, I mean, you were, you were a kid, so. Yeah, exactly. And that's sort of the important thing is the previous 25 years led to 
2016. Because there had been 25 years of being primed to believe in this major us against them. So that when there was finally the candidate that clapped back, it was just eaten up and people loved it. And so that, I think, sort of led to it. And then the nostalgia of wanting to bring back the 50s for baby boomers. And then he, you know, played up to the evangelical church and he got evangelical preachers on board, even though he, you know, never went to church. Yeah, I and then he took others. Yeah, he took other stances. He changed his position on a. Well, I don't know if he changed his position. I just don't think he cared. No, one way or the other. And I, again, I don't think Trump gives a shit about anything that doesn't affect Trump. Right, and for the longest time, I did defend Trump in that people would say, you know, Trump was racist. And my response was always, I don't know if Trump is racist so much as he's a Trumpist. If you're a Trump you know, one of his children, then obviously he's for you. But if you're not a Trump, he, he's only for you for a certain point. And, you know, there was that whole thing of he was given a, an award by the NAACP. But, you know, somebody can still be racist and hide it and get an award. And I kind of think that that's, once again, I don't know if he's like Ku Klux Klan racist, but I do think that there is a sense of superiority over people with dark skin. No, that, that that's fair. Yeah. Uh, it's definitely something to think about. Yeah, I will say that Donald Trump is probably one of the more complex people to have been in the White House, just in terms of everything. He's clearly a narcissist. Clearly. But, yeah, but then again, as I mentioned earlier, you have to be a narcissist some, to some degree to run for president. I just think he's probably the biggest one we've had in a long time. I, I think he truly has a God complex. I think he did before. Right. And after all this, if he starts a church, I won't at all be surprised. <laughs> right. And I guarantee you, all of a sudden, we have a lot of Christians that aren't Christian anymore. You could be right. And that's sort of the other thing, too. Actually, that's um, a topic for next week is the evangelical church and Trump. Um, because that does warrant a show unto itself. It's but fair, right? Jump the gun, I guess. Yeah. Um, one thing that I also want to get out is I do find it funny that the people who are, for the most part, anti-getting a vaccine and anti-mask is the Trump supporter. In fact, he had a rally this past weekend. Uh, this is, what is today? The, yeah, the 23rd of August, 2021. He had a rally over the weekend, and he said something along the lines of, I got vaccinated, you should get vaccinated, and the crowd booed him over yeah. vaccines. But I find it funny that the very people that are railing about the idea of carrying a vaccine passport, which we all had as children, by the way, but <laughs> carrying a vaccine passport are going to purchase the Trump membership card that was released earlier this, uh, towards the end of July. And it's like a card that you can go and send off for. I think you pin, spend like 10 bucks or something like that. And then it says like Trump and they get, they, we're going to get the vote on which card was going to be the card. It's like basically saying I'm a Trump supporter. And I find it funny that they won't carry something <laughs> that says, you know, I was vaccinated because that's a, you know, that goes against my rights as an American. But, you know. I'll carry this card, which goes back into the loyalty oath thing that he was having people take at rallies. And it's just that I'm carrying a card. And so literally in the future, you know, people used to say, I'm a, 
I'm a card-carrying Republican. I'm a card-carrying member of the NRA. People will soon be able to say I'm a card-carrying Trump. Bit Trumper, Trumpet, Trump bot, Trumpet, Trumplican. <laughs> I like Trumpet. I feel like Trumpet. that's the most inflammatory. Right, right. Because a lot of them, you know, are very fragile. That is true. And yeah. So it's just oh, go ahead. Um, I I got to get this off my chest. Um, let's just run down the logic here, right? Okay. They say they're Christian. Um, yes. That being said. Uh, Jesus cared about everyone. He hung out with the lowest of the low, and yet Christians, you know, who support Trump judge. Um, also, you know, Jesus is about what's good and just and caring about others, and yet you won't get a vaccine. That, sure, if you're healthy, whatever, but what about those who aren't? What about those who, you know, are immunocompromised? Why is it okay for polio, but it's not okay for this? Or the measles? Um, right. How can you call yourself a Christian? And yet you'll actively put other people's lives at risk. I don't think that's very Christian. I I tend to agree with you on that one. I consider myself agnostic, but evidently I'm a better Christian than they are. Evidently, yeah. Which again is the whole COVID. I have an episode coming up on that. Um, your mom is going to join me for that. She has some uh-huh. things to say about it. And that's fair. I've, you know, full disclosure when people are listening to the podcast. I've heard what she has to say about it. <laughs> She's heard what I have to say about it. But anyway, the the whole last, what, five, six years, whatever it is, has just been so, so crazy. The whole, the right wing media and how they used to get mad that, you know, the mainstream media never held Bill Clinton accountable or Barack Obama accountable. They completely have not held Donald Trump accountable. So they're, you know, doing the the exact same thing. And then the divide in the country right now is just, it's just awful. It's truly astonishing. Yeah. And there are people that are actually wanting there to be a civil war. And the truth of the matter is, it's not just blame Republicans, you know, Democrats and the left wing or the mainstream media, there there's some blame on them just as much as there is on Republicans and the right wing media. I agree. And the truth of the matter is, if the United States were to have another civil war, it would be the worst thing to happen to Earth. And I I mean it, the Earth in a really long time. Just I look, also oh, continue. I was going to say, just look at what's happened um, with the fall of Afghanistan, and that's not even a collapse of the U.S. There are a lot of countries that do not have good intentions for the rest of the world for their neighbors. And sort of weirdly, one of the things that keep them in check is the the notion that maybe if they do something, the U.S. will send in their military. And, you know, as what is shown in Afghanistan, they know there is no threat of the U.S. military. They're not scared of their enemy. Do you not yeah. think that if the United States were to have a civil war, that Russia would go in and try to reclaim every single country that they lost when the Soviet Union collapsed? Don't forget about China. Well, yeah, China would probably attack, try to go take over Taiwan. Probably Japan, too, because there's been some deep-seated hate there for a couple hundred years. Perhaps. Um, less likely, Taiwan would definitely have to. Oh, Taiwan would be first. And, you know, that would be a civil war in the U.S., would lead to so much death for the rest of the world, and it would be such a major change for the rest of the world. 
And I, I don't also, mean this in a the U.S. is better than every other country type of way, but I do mean it in a some of what keeps the rest of the world at check is the notion of the United States. And if we were to have a civil war, people that are not countries that are led by people that are not, you know, good will take advantage of, which will lead to a lot of death of innocence. Yes. And I don't see America ever recovering from a civil war. Yeah. If we had a civil war now, it would be, I don't know. It might be, I don't know. It would, it would not be, it would be a weird civil war. It would not be like, obviously the first civil war. Oh yeah. No. Because it wouldn't be like one group of states leave and then they're going to war because it would almost be like half of a state going after the other half. It would be a really weird, it would be more like when like Rwanda or the Sudan had a civil war. I, I almost see it as uh, cities versus rural. Yeah, there would be some of that. But, um, I mean, just think about that. Like us going into a civil war and being vulnerable for that length of time. Yeah, I yeah. like like you mentioned, the reason a lot of countries don't mess with other countries is because we have a big stick. Yeah. So just imagine the threat that would happen to the US if we are fighting with each other. And now our the big stick that we've been carrying since World War II, we're not carrying it anymore. We are now vulnerable and the rest of the world is too as we have the big stick. It, it would be catastrophic. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. There'd be a lot of a lot of lives lost. Yeah. And I don't think that going to a civil war over, you know, what is essentially boils down to political ideologies is this first of all, it's not smart. Second of all, it's wrong. And yeah. you know, it doesn't matter if you know, you should be able to not hate somebody because they think that universal health care is a good thing. I'm not getting into the argument of universal health care. I'm just stating that you should not call somebody evil because they think universal healthcare is a thing or somebody that thinks, you know, maybe college should be paid for by the government or that abortion is wrong or that prayer should be allowed in school. I'm not saying that I'm for or against any of those things. I'm just saying you should not hate your neighbor to the point to where you are willing to kill them for that viewpoint. What happened to respect? Yeah. And, you know, I... I know people that literally stopped buying Coke and Pepsi because they donate to liberal causes and liberal politicians and started buying RC. I mean, I guess enjoy a worse soda. Well, I mean, Shasta's worse. You know, if you have an upset stomach, though, RC does does do a little bit of good for that. Yeah. Um, but anyway. So does Sprite. You know, I just, I think that people need to, and by people, a good chunk of the country. I'm not going to say everybody. Let's just say, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. 65% or whatever, just need to get over this notion that the person with a different political viewpoint is evil. And we need to get past this us versus them mentality. You know, they're the boogeyman. And we need to start talking. We need to quit treating politicians as a messiah. Uh, yeah. And I understand that for many years, people felt that you know, the media didn't give their side a fair shake, but, you know, we need to get past that and we need to move on. As a country, I, we need to heal. Yes. Because America going into a civil war would be bad for the world. And we just, you know, you need to treat people nice. I don't, you know, why is wanting to treat someone nice, you know, make you a snowflake? 
make you weak. I was told by somebody that um, is a major, a major, major Trump supporter that I had become a fourth wave feminist because I think that my daughters should be paid equally or, you know, and fairly that they should not feel like they have to protect themselves when it's dark and they're walking to their cars. That should not be something that they have to worry about, that they don't have to worry about an imbalance of power where they feel like they have to, you know, where some boss or somebody like that is basically going to rape them. And I want them to not have to worry about that kind of stuff. I don't worry about that stuff. They shouldn't have to worry about that stuff. It's almost like that's equality. Yeah. The thing that and, we stand for in this country. Yeah. And I I don't want my daughters to be treated poorly. And and I don't mean it in a, the only reason I feel this way is because I have daughters. I'm using that as an example. And that's what that person was, you know, basically saying to me because I want that. And I don't think that, you know... Well, the same thing with somebody who's African-American or Latinx or Asian. I don't think that they should have to worry about getting paid equally or being treated equally for, you know, that reason. You know, because so, that's, that's, a, that's a stupid-ass reason, first of all. But I don't think that that's something that they should have to... Here's and by they, I, I mean not white. You know, yeah, it's wrong. Here's an additional point to that. Since when did... Wanting equality for other people and wanting people to be treated equally and fairly, since when does that make you weak? Why is it yeah. that you think it is a sign of strength to be a piece of shit? Yeah. I to mean, be a misogynist and a bigot. Yeah. One of, one of my major problems with um, the evangelical church, especially the independent fundamental Baptist church, the new independent fundamental Baptist church, they started a, a new group. Because the old ones weren't fundamental enough. For the IBLP is that they don't think women should even work. They push the notion that if the husband is horny and wants sex, they have to give it to him regardless of how they feel. And I just have this notion of you can't... Also, there's no such thing as marital rape. Oh. You can't tell me that you love your daughter if you're basically cool with her husband raping her. Mm -hmm. You can't convince me that you 100% love your child because you would not want that for your daughter. But when you don't believe... When you believe that anytime the husband wants it, you have to joyf be joyfully available and that there's no such thing as marital rape. You're saying you're cool with your daughter being raped. And that pisses me off. As and, it should. Yeah. And um, I, my best friend in the world happens to be African American. When we talk on the phone, when we're done, we always say, I love you, brother. Because we both mean it. I love, yeah. I love him. He loves me. And it, it, that's just how it is. And it breaks my heart to think that, you know, he could be put in a situation based solely on, you know, on his race. Nope. Somebody doesn't know him and it doesn't, it doesn't matter if he's, first of all, he's a great person, but it doesn't, even if he was not, he should not be put in a situation where he has to worry about his life because of that. And it, no, it breaks my heart and it pisses me off. So that's a big part of why um, Trump lost because a lot of millennials and then Gen Z feel the same way. And yes, it's almost like we were taught 
to care. Yeah. And, you know, and, you know, and it's also the same thing with the LGBT plus. LGBT plus. <sighs> we'll, we'll get there. Um, you know, there's this whole notion of, well, there's, there's gay agenda. It's not like they're having a convention every year and putting out bullet points. Ah, yes, the gay agenda to but, be treated equally and be able to donate blood. Right, but there's if there's a gay agenda, it's that yes, they want it. You know, it, you want to be treated equally, but it it's almost worse than in a way. It's, it's not, I don't I don't know how to I can't fully express it, but the fact that society has made somebody who is homosexual hate themselves to the point of committing suicide is also heartbreaking that that should not ever be the case and society has done that for a lot longer than it has not and and it's heartbreaking sadly we've had exemptions to that rule than and it being a rule that it's okay yeah and so when you have people that are massive supporters of a president like the proud boys and some of these other groups and then you have younger people that don't view the world that way. It's scary to them. So they vote for the other candidate. And that's how somebody who, I mean, let's be honest, Joe Biden is dull. He is a dull yeah. person. He was a yeah. dull candidate. If beige had ever run for the presidency, it's Joe Biden. The color and beige, beige was got a- elected. Yeah. <laughs> but to so many people, they look at a lot of, you know, these groups that support Trump and it's scary. And that led to that. Yeah. And, I mean, how am ahead. I supposed to, how am I, okay, so uh, if you guys don't know, uh, I'm bi, doesn't matter. The reason I'm bringing it up is it matters right now. Intrinsically, I cannot trust someone who says they are a Trump supporter because that means they don't want me to have the rights to love who I choose to love, who I end up loving. They want to be able to beat me in public in front of everybody and not get in trouble and me have no rights and be punished. They want America to do to the LGBT community that Russia is doing to theirs. How am I supposed to trust a proud boy or anybody of that sort? How would I vote for Trump when those are his supporters? Exactly. And that's what it boiled down to in a sense. So I know, I think we're going to go ahead and wrap it up. I know that there was some sarcasm that went on and we really the last 15 minutes or so broke it down we ended up getting incredibly serious but there is an incredibly serious side to to this it's not well there is certainly a lot of stuff that you have to be sarcastic about because if you don't your brain might explode yeah but there is certainly a very very serious side to all of that humor is great it is incredibly healthy but there are times when you need to set it aside and actually you know, talk about some heavier shit. Right. And, you know, it, it just needs to be said that liking somebody to the point of fanaticism has a, a serious side that you may not realize when you're in it. And that the people who don't necessarily believe the same thing have reasons that, you know, are good reasons. That yeah. sounded stupid. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's just America needs healing. People need to get over themselves. Most people, unless you are, you know, generally speaking, you know, maybe having, you know, drug issues or alcoholism issues, 98% of the people, well, maybe not 98, most people want good things to happen for their children. They love their children. They want their children to go to school. 
They want their children to get the same education as everybody, want the same medical care, you know, the same pay. And that's where we need to start from. We need to start from, well, we need to start from a position of love. Yes. And at least, and if you can't start at a position of love, start at a position of empathy or humbleness or, you know, not looking at somebody and thinking that they're your enemy because of, you know, essentially superficial reasons. Yeah. And, you know, it's just, I don't know, we just need to get over ourselves. And Yes. I'm, I'm not going to say hug it out because I'm not a hugger. Uh, at least talk it out. Yeah. And, you know, we just need to, to do that because... Maybe get out of your goddamn echo chamber. Uh, I don't care what yes. you believe in. Get out of your echo chamber. Yeah, I was confronted. Yeah, I talked about that um, earlier that in a previous episode about you know echo chambers and how hard it is to well how easy it is now to get involved in that. Yeah, because you never hear a, hear an opposing viewpoint. Hearing opposing viewpoints is good. You don't have to believe it. Once again, it's not healthy to hear the opposing viewpoint of a grand dragon in the Ku Klux Klan because that opinion will always be wrong. It's never been correct. Yeah. And it will always be wrong. That's not one you should listen to. But, you know, somebody who says healthcare should be single payer and you who says it shouldn't be should be able to have a civil discussion and talk that out. Yeah, talk about why you think it is the way you think. And you'll realize people are a lot more moderate than they'll be online. Yeah. Oh, and that's the other thing. When you're getting into an online argument, that is actually a person on the other end. Yeah. Well, unless it's a Russian bot. Which also is very likely. <laughs> so, anyway. <laughs> um, and finally, if we are going to get in a civil war, don't attack the common man. Go after the bourgeoisie. Uh, <laughs> I'm joking. Uh, I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, let's just avoid that whole thing. <laughs> you know what? Let's just all go out for ice cream. I like that more. Just have one big ice cream social. I I agree. <laughs> In all seriousness, it's been fun chatting with you this past hour. Yeah. I I have to say that you're uh, far less of an asshole than I thought. I don't every know once if, in a while. I don't know if I'm proud or disappointed. I have days where I'm kind. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it was definitely fun. Uh, having this this chat with you, yeah, and uh, thanks for having me on. Yeah, and I want I do want to quickly say though, um, while I am befuddled by the whole Trump phenomenon, if you are a Trump supporter, unless you are, you know, a racist member of the Proud Boys and their ilk, I can still be your friend. Yeah, even me, even if you don't think being gay is right, we can talk about it. Right, and I'll tell you how you're wrong. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so that's going to. Uh, wrap it up hopefully my uh the musings of this add mine in this episode were were all right it was nice to have duncan keep my add mind in check because uh, he was raised by me he sort of knows how to keep me in check i think when i go off on tangents i do my best so i appreciate uh you joining me and duncan will be back on again uh, in a couple of weeks we're gonna have a discussion about some some music yeah Get ready, guys. All right. And with that, um, just remember, try to live your life in a way that would make Mr. Rogers proud. Yeah. Later. <laughs>